Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Agents of Revival podcast. How are you today? I pray all is well and that this message stirs your faith and that you are feeling good today. Even if you don't feel amazing, I hope you at least feel good. And if you don't feel good, then talk yourself into feeling good. Okay, tell yourself I feel good and keep telling yourself that until you start to embody it, fully embracing the truth that God created you fearfully and wonderfully. And when he looked at you, he said it is good. So you should be saying it to yourself. It is good. I don't care, baby. If you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you better start loving what you see. Okay, because you only got one you. So you best to start loving what you see. You should look in the mirror every day and say something nice about yourself. Don't point out the bad. Point out something nice about yourself and say, I am somebody. I am beautiful. I am wonderful. I am talented. I am loved. I am cherished. I have a purpose. I am meant to do something great in the earth. I am fine in the skin I'm in. I am created in the image of God. I am getting stronger. I am doing better. I am healed. Ooh, hallelujah, Jesus. Some of y'all need to claim that. I am healed in Jesus' name. I am victorious. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a lender and not a borrower. I don't care if your finances right now look like pennies. You need to still be claiming and speaking those things that are not as though they are. I am a lender and not a borrower. I am financial financially secure. I am financially literate. I am a a a hard worker i am becoming the best version of myself change your i am and so if you haven't picked up on what we talk about today <laughs> baby god gave me the word today for somebody out there that says the right and wrong i am and so you know we are in the trigger war series so this will be part 12 And I'll say the title again, the right and wrong I am. Let us pray before we get into this message. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. We just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May you get the glory, honor, and praise from our lives. We keep none for ourselves. Heavenly Father, will you direct your children and help them to understand the right I am? And tailor their tongue, guard their tongue 
Lord, in their hearts so that the wrong I am does not show up. Heavenly Father, we want to see ourselves in the image of Christ Jesus. And so for those that may be struggling out there to know their identity, to uh, understand their identity, Heavenly Father, to even know if there's a purpose for their life. God, I pray that you will speak, Lord, because your servants are listening and they need clarity. They need insight. They need revelation. They need direction. They need to know, God, that you care about them. There are so many lost sheep out here. And so, God, as I am one vessel, but you are an almighty, omniscient, omnipresent God, you can go in places I can't go and you can pour out your spirit onto your children to let them know, my child, I'm here. Whether they're in Chile or Vietnam, whether they're in um, South America or Canada, whether they're in Zimbabwe or Nigeria, whether they're in Mexico or Alaska, wh- whether they're in, um, Gloucestershire, I hope I'm saying that right in England or, um, London, wherever they are, God, Scotland, Switzerland, India, Wherever your children are, Armenia, Switzerland, you know, uh, Sweden, God, please just show up where your children are right now and speak a word to them. Heavenly Father, to let them know you see them, you know them by name, and you still have a plan, a purpose for their life, even if it doesn't look like it. Even if there's some children in Ukraine right now that's listening to this message, God, let them know. Those children in Israel, let them know that you see them, you love them, you are still the great I am, and you still will deliver them and give them victory. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So, uh, this word is interesting because, um, you know, we've been talking, I would say the last couple days, actually, and it wasn't planned. It just was, you know, kind of way God, you know, um, rock the boat (laughs) and um we've been talking a lot about identity it's actually a topic i really wanted to talk about for some time and um and i didn't know when the time would come i think i've been saying if you've been following me from day one or even if you're my day twos and and for those that's new this is your first episode welcome i'm andrea griffin rogers your spiritual mentor counseling you on the ways of Jesus Christ, helping you become the best version of yourself, as well as teaching you strategies to defeat the enemy's tactics in your life. And so um, when I first started the podcast, I knew I always wanted to talk about the spirit of comparison. It's something that I'm calling it because I've struggled with it for a a few years now. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. But I believe that God allows things to happen for a reason. It says in Romans 8 that he will cause everything to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so I know I'm called according to his purpose. And so I believe that the reason why he had me uh, struggle with the spirit of comparison is so that I can be able to teach on it and, and help other people that that um, maybe dealing with those identity issues. Maybe you are constantly comparing yourself to somebody else and wishing you had their life or even if it's not wishing you had their life maybe you are like me where you like okay god i want my blessings and why they happening for me but it's happening for them can we be real please okay because we all have those moments i believe we all have those moments where you're looking at the competition 
uh, so to speak. And not that a person is really competition, but you're looking at the people in your running category. I'm thinking of a race right now. So think of the Olympics. You're, you're, um, really competing against yourself and not the people here. Because unlike the Olympics, everybody's gonna win their own race if, you know, if God says so. And if they follow the direction that God is calling them on, then we'll all run, win our race. But think of the Olympics. Again, I give you practical examples for spiritual principles. So think of the Olympics and you have like them running them the marathons. And so you have or the sprints and you have like five racers lined up together. Now, all these people are in the same category. They all, granted, they may be from different countries, but they're all in the same category running towards the finish line. That's how it is in all of our lives. Like, whatever your um, your talent is, your gift is, your purpose is, notice I'm not saying your job, because the job you work today may not be attached to the purpose that God has for you tomorrow. It could just be where he has you right now to learn what you need on that level. Or you are, um, you're at that job because you chose it. Because let's be honest, some people, you know who you are and you know if God's told you to leave that job and start that business or, or start that ministry or do that nonprofit or start that whatever. And you have been like, you know, kicking and screaming like a little kid. <laughs> giving a tantrum as to why you can't you giving 50,000 excuses like Moses and we're gonna get to Moses in a minute of like why you can't even though God has called you and said I am going to be with you go where I'm telling you to go and you still got a bunch of excuses as to like God why why you can't do it why it won't work why he just needs to be a little bit more patient and I'm thankful that God is patient but you have to understand something that I've grown to know and I talked about this on my uh, YouTube channel. So for those that are only on the podcast and you not follow me on YouTube, you should. It's uh, at Andrea Griffin Rogers is the YouTube channel because I post additional content that I don't post here. Not to mention you get to see me in video form, but I post a ton of different messages and and um, just content on my YouTube that you'll never experience on here. So don't just get, you know, a quarter of what I have to offer y'all. <laughs> okay. You know, get your word other in other places. And so anywho, um, you know, God, um, God is calling you to do something and you're just like, hmm, you know, I, I'm comfortable here. But if you don't get into position, then somebody else can't get free. See, a lot of times we don't think about where we're going and how it's attached to somebody else. It's just like um, when you think of a relay race in the Olympics. Well, if the first runner doesn't stay in his or her lane and run their race at their pace that they need to run they can't hand the baton over to the next runner in front of them and then that stops the whole process because nobody ever gets to the finish line because the first runner didn't do their job and so even though you may feel like you're not the first runner but you are right now because God has you here for today but there's future generations that you may or may not ever meet that need you to get in position today so that you can run your race today 
And then as you run your race, somebody else will come along and will take that baton from you and then will run uh, at their pace. And then they will pass the baton to somebody else and onward and onward and onward. You know, everything is like a chain reaction, but it requires you to get in position. And so part of getting in position is knowing your identity, knowing who you are. If you don't know who you are, you got the wrong I am, baby. And what is the wrong and the right I am? I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> the right I am is how you see yourself through God's eyes. It's it's the truth of how God sees you, how he's designed you, how he's equipped you, and you walking in that full authority. The wrong I am is a is how the enemy sees you or how your stinking thinking sees you. And you look at all the obstacles. You look at all the excuses or you come up with all the excuses in the book. You look at all the reasons why it seems like you can't do it and it stops you from pursuing. But God says, if I've called you to it, I'm gonna bring you through it. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. So if God is moving you towards a direction, you got to get in position and go where God is telling you to go. You got to follow the right I am that's saying, go this way and I'll be with you. You may not have all the answers, baby. Let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> when I started, when I started this podcast, let's just start there. I did not have all the answers. I didn't even have all the equipment. But I said, you know what, God? I'm going to be obedient. And if you are calling me to do this, then I am going to go forward and do it. And so I used what I had. And that's the word for somebody because you got excuses as to why you can't start because you feel like you need X, Y, and Z. Baby, let me tell you something. If you needed X, Y, and Z, God would have gave you X, Y, and Z. But he gave you A, B, C, D, and E. So you could start with A, B, C, D, and E. Even if you feel like you can't understand how to apply it, how to apply what you have to what God's calling you to do, then ask for wisdom. As it says in James 1. Ask God for wisdom. He will not rebuke you for asking for wisdom. But when you ask for wisdom, make sure that your asking is only and your belief is only in God and not in the world. Because if it's wavering, then that's what, what is what the Bible calls is um und, is is divided loyalty. And so you'll never get your, your, your prayer answered. But if you solely trust in the Father and the great I am, then that means when you go to God and you say, God, I need wisdom on this. Now, you're calling me to do this and you've given me the gift and talent to do it. And I want to be obedient, but I don't know how. This is what I have. And I hear you telling me through Andrea and I feel it in my heart that you are telling me to start with what I have, but I don't really know how to apply that. So God, can you please show me, give me strategy on how to apply what I have to what you're calling me to. And he will do that, baby, because he did it for me. I remember at that time I was like, okay, God, I don't have, um, cause he didn't also just call me to do, um, to do the podcast. He also wanted me to do videos on YouTube, um, and to and I didn't have the proper equipment for that. And so I said, okay, God, well, this is what I have. I have my phone. And he says, great, that's a start. And then from there it came, you can also go to Five Below and get a ring light. I had never used, I know it may seem like, what? Ain't she a millennial? Yes, I am. But I'm I'm like a uh what do they call it? Oh, I was reading an article that, that causes like a a traditional millennial or grandma millennial. <laughs> B, 
baby, it basically means that even though I am a millennial, there's a lot of me that's that's um drenched in drenched in um the traditions of the past. And what I mean by traditions isn't more so what people do. It's that how I was raised I was raised around a bunch of older women and men, older women and men. You know, grandparents, great grandparents, great aunts and uncles. I was raised in that in that culture, and I know nowadays people don't even have great grandmoms anymore. But I was raised in in that culture where I still had great grandmoms and great grandpops and great uncles and and aunts or whatever. So, and these people that that were born and raised at the beginning of of the century, so to speak, at the beginning of the nineteen hundreds, and so they lived through a lot of like culture a lot of um what's what i want to use they live through a lot of life changing life altering world altering including the world wars they live through these eras so i got firsthand knowledge of like what it was like for them to experience all of these groundbreaking um life-changing events that happen in in the world's time and in america's time i got to hear firsthand um about these stories so i grew up in a very different time where you know <laughs> i'm laughing because i was looking at a, a a show recently but let me finish my statement i'm thinking about a time when uh women used to wear slips <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about? No, this is before baby shapewear. That's not to say that corsets weren't out. But shapewear wasn't really the thing outside of corsets. And even corsets, because they used to be made with whale bones, were very uncomfortable. I know you're like a whale bone. Yes, but go do your research on fashion. <laughs> corsets used to be made out of whale bones. And so they were very, very uncomfortable. But women used to wear slips under their uh, skirts and stuff. And so I grew up in that era where you would wear slips. I hated them. Ooh, baby, I hated slips. <laughs> Which is so funny because nowadays I don't really mind too much shapewear, but I hate a slip. And so I grew up in a time where you had to wear slips and, um, you know, men will help you put your coat on and, and open and close the door for you. And they pay for uh, everything. And um, the man was the breadwinner of of the house. And um, but the, the wife took care of the house and also, you know, managed any other businesses that they had or managed the the business of the house and whatnot. Um, she knows how to cook, know how to clean. Baby, I know how to do all that because, again, I just... It's how I was raised. So for me, even though I'm a millennial, I'm kind of like an old school millennial. And so uh, I didn't know <laughs> I needed a ring light. It's <laughs> like, what was what was the point? And I remember I was talking to somebody and I was actually looking at um, a person's, I think it was a celebrity that was on something. And I was like, wow, their eyes are just so bright. <laughs> And that's what somebody told me. Oh, because they're using the ring light. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. And um, and it didn't help that God had me go on like a sabbatical from social media. So I, so I would say probably about right at the top of COVID starting in March in America, in March 2020, when everything was shutting down, is when God said come off social media. And so uh, I didn't get back on social media until last year, as some of you know, if you've been following me. Um. I didn't get back on until about like last September 
is when I got back on social media. So I missed a lot. So I was like, oh, okay, a ring light. But I still had to say, you know, I used what I had. I had a couple dollars that I can go to the store and get um, from Five Below, the ring light. And, and I used that. And I worked that until God blessed me with uh, the equipment that I have today. And even the equipment that I have today, there's going to come a time of expansion where the equipment that I have today will not be enough. We're, and then at that moment, God will send more. But you got to go in the strength that you have right now. You got to go with what God's telling you to do right now. And so I did want to give you guys scripture um, on the right and wrong I am. Because I wanted you to understand that you're not the only one that struggles with knowing your identity or feeling like you can move in the way God's telling you to move, even though he's telling you to do it. Like, we all have questioned God at some point. I don't care any person, Christian, who want to say that they was that they had that type of strong faith. Baby, your faith grew. The Bible talks about how you, there's a baby stage of faith and then there's a meat stage of faith. It's the understanding or mature stage of faith. I talked about that before. It's the understanding that we all start somewhere where we just need milk. But then you grow to the point of like an adult being able to eat meat. And, um, and so don't, don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. That's an old school. <laughs> That's an old school song made from the eighties. <laughs> I think it's about saying the flames. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> but anywho, <laughs> baby, if you can't find something to laugh at, I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Cause like I said, when you come on here, you're going to have a good time, but it will be most of them be serious and, and, and get into you. But I'm only giving, getting into you out of love. What I'm not getting into you is. I'm I'm giving you the word and it may not be something you want to hear. Maybe a little uncomfortable for you because you're like, ooh, is she talking to me? Yeah, if you feel like I'm talking to you, then yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> but I'm talking to you out of love because God dealt with me on it. So I'm here to help you so that God will help you overcome it. You don't want to get to the point where God really got to sit you down. I talked about before of Jonah. You don't want to get to the point where you are running away from the right I am. You're running away from God and you don't want to do what he's telling you to do. And then you want death's door basically. Like Jonah got thrown overboard into the belly of a fish. It's believed the large whale. And as he was about to die is when he said a prayer of, okay, God, I will do what you told me to do. If I would do what you're calling me to do, if you save me from this, um, from this situation. And so then the, the fish spits, uh, Jonah out onto, uh, the seashore of Nineveh where he was always supposed to go in the first place. So you don't want to get to that point where God got to like take you down a bad, bad course and put you into a ditch, baby. Or like I say, even be like on Jonah where you on death's door. And then you find like, okay, God, I don't want to die just yet. So I'll be obedient and do what you call me to do. Nah, boo, no. Nah. Get into position today. And so, um, and it's and it's important, like I was saying earlier, somebody's waiting for you to get into line and to know who you are. And it's okay. I was mentoring somebody recently and I was telling that person, it's okay if you're starting here. If you're starting at a place where you're unsure, if you're starting at a place where you're trying to grow, if you're starting at a place where you're doing the work of healing, it's okay to start there. You don't stay stuck there. 
you start there and just like I said earlier with the relay race, you continue running at the pace you can go. So it doesn't matter if the other four racers um, are zooming past you. If you can't zoom and you can only trot or you can only walk at a fast pace, you know, like the old school mamas in the 80s used to do on TV shows where they do their power walk. <laughs> if that's all you can do, baby, then, then you power walk the heck out of that until you can get to the point of running. But you got to start somewhere and then move towards where, you, where you're going. Because, again, somebody's waiting for you to say yes to God and somebody's waiting for you to get in position so that they can then get in position. Your yes, your um. Your obedience is tied to somebody else's breakthrough. That's just the way God works. It's not just about you getting the victory. God wants generations ahead of you to have the victory. But it requires you getting into position and knowing who you are. But when you don't know who you are, you're embracing the wrong I am. You're embracing what the enemy is telling you that you are. Or you're embracing your stinking thinking. Or even the enemy will use people. And so you're embracing what culture says that you are. And culture lies. Okay, and culture shifts all the time because just like a snake in the grass, like Satan is shifty. So you don't know what's going to be coming and going. What's up, what's down. One minute something's hot, next minute it's not. So you got to, you know, solidify your identity and your calling and your purpose in the right I am, which is in God, which is in Christ Jesus, which is in his Holy Spirit. And so that leads me to. Um, the scripture that I wanted to go to, we're actually going to talk about a few scriptures today. Um, hopefully we can get to all of them. Uh, and that is, let's start right now with Exodus chapter three. That's Exodus chapter three. Um, and I will say this as I'm like trying to get my own, uh, scripture ready. I'm usually ready, but today I wasn't. Uh, anyway, I will say this. I want to read this uh, other scripture to you really quickly of Matthew 15, because I want you to understand also, even Jesus talks about the right and the wrong I am, but he says it in a different way. And so listen to what he says. It's Matthew uh, 15, verse 13 through 14. And really quickly, for those of you that are following me with your Bible, you don't have to turn to this scripture. If you don't want to, you can stay at Exodus 3 because I'm going to get there right after this but i wanted to give you this really quickly to finish my thought matthew 15 verse 13 to 14 jesus replied every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted so ignore them they are blind guides leading the blind and if one blind person guides another they will both fall into a ditch you got to understand that when you are trying to um to move forward and, you, and you're trying to grow and you're trying to become the best version of yourself. You have to make sure that you are not being blind, blindly guided by the blind, basically. And what that says is like people who um, are leading you the wrong way. People who are in culture and, and, and um, trendsetters and whatnot. And they're leading you towards something that's not of God. If... If they're not leading you to God, that means they're leading you away from God. 
if they're not leading you closer to your purpose in God and what he's called you to do, they're leading you away from God. And so that's the blind leading the blind. Then you gotta also make sure that because sometimes we see, um, and this is how people get church hurt. You see people in the church that you are trying to follow the pastor's leading and because they're human, they may make a mistake or they may be flawed or sadly, cause this true out there, they may be, a, they may be a false teacher. And so if they're a false teacher, then they're the blind leading the blind. They're blind themselves, not even realizing that they have a whole log in their eye where they're trying to tell you to take the speck out your eye. And we learned that scripture in Matthew 7. And so you have to, the best thing I could tell anybody is to stay in prayer, read the Bible for yourself and stay in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment because you want to make sure that you are going in the right way that he's telling you to go, that you're making the right decisions he's telling you to make, that you are signing the right deals and contracts he's telling you to sign because not everybody that um, comes to you is called to you or called to your purpose and destiny. Some people are leeches. Woo, did she just say that? I sure enough did. Some people are leeches and they will suck the blood and life out of you if you stay attached to them so you have to make sure that they're the right person and a lot of times we think we may know but you're not that wise because as I taught about in um, the second season it's not personal it's spiritual and so you may get a personable person in your face that seems good talks good has good has seemingly has good character but you don't know the spirit behind that person and you don't know how they're operating. And so they may look good on paper. They may operate good in front of you. But you do not know if that's a snake trying to lead you in the wrong way. But being very cunning and conniving with its with the way it works and the way it moves. So that you can't see until it's time for it to attack you and bite you. And then you're like, oh my gosh. I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah, so you need discernment. You're not that wise. You are not that wise. That's why even Peter talks about um, in First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 8 through 10. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You've got to stand firm. I'm going to stop real quick. You got to stand firm because you don't know when the enemy is going to attack you. This is why God had me teaching this series on trigger wars, because you have got to adopt the, the way God, um, is telling you to live Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and everything else will be added unto you. You've got to live in the way that God's telling you to live, especially in these days and times you see chaos all around you. This is the beginning birth of the ends of time. That Jesus talks about in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 25. So we've got to do our part to stay connected to the father at all costs because you don't want to get caught out here in a trap and so let's go to our scripture of exodus 3 and again this is talking about moses and you may see the title if you're following me with your babas this is moses in the burning bush and um this is the story of okay so really quick backstory uh, Moses comes on the scene and at the time, um, when he comes on the scene, the Israelites have grown exponentially in Egypt. And so, um, the Pharaoh wants to kill off 
all the male children because he just feels like they're growing too much. And it's the, of course, Pharaoh of Egypt, he wants to kill off all the male children. And so he orders that the, um, that the women, um, like the midwives kill off all the children. Well, um, they are obedient and afraid of God even though they are uh, Egyptians, so they make up an excuse as to, and this is the one, the one time where it's a good excuse. They make up an excuse for a lie and say, oh, they just birthed babies so differently and so fast that we just can't keep up. And so um, he goes and tries to kill off all the children, but Moses' mother, a, a uh, Israelite, she chooses to try and save her child. And she puts some, many of you probably seen the movies, um, either the Ten Commandments movie from back in the day, one of my faves, <laughs> or um, or I think it's, I think the the cartoon might be the Prince of Egypt. I think, but anywho, puts him in a um in like a basket and then sends him down the Nile River. And what theologians talk about is you gotta understand how dangerous that was. Not just because she chose to disobey the authority of the land. So like Pharaoh was kinda like the president or the or um the um the prime minister or something of the land, but also the Nile River had a lot of crocodiles in it. And so the baby could have easily been attacked. But when God is on your life, when his hand and his favor is on your life, nothing and no one, no demon in hell, no animal can attack God's anointed. There's a scripture that says, touch not my anointed. And so he makes sure that you're covered. And so even as I was saying earlier, if God is calling you to do something and you're kind of afraid or you're tiptoeing around what you should do, you got one foot in, one foot out. Don't get to the point where God spits you out. Choose to follow God and be obedient. Choose to move in the way he's telling you to move. Even though it's scary. Even though you may not have all of the equipment or the finances or the whatever. Or even the followers that you think you need. God says just start where you are and I will bring everything else to you in due season and time. But you got to start where you are and be willing and obedient to move forward. And so, and he'll give you the grace. He will give you the grace. To run your race. Like I said earlier. If you start off with a power walk. Then that's fine. Eventually you will get to a jog. And then you'll get into a sprint. And then you'll get into a full flash run. But it's starting somewhere first. But if you just stay in, in a standstill position. And you don't move. You never go. And nothing ever happens. And so anyway. Back to Moses. Um, the There's no coincidences with God. So um incidentally he floats into where the pharaoh's daughter the princess was taking a bath and she sees and hears the baby and so she decides she wants to keep the baby for herself and um the sister moses's sister actually was monitoring as well from the land where the basket landed and so she goes back and tells um tells their mother what happened to Moses and uh and the mother basically is allowed to take care of her child to nurse her child for um the princess and so then after that um Moses grows up he grows up in Pharaoh's house he grows up knowing the ways of Egyptian land and law but also understanding and knowing that he is a a Israelite 
and so he understands the hardship that his uh, fellow brothers and sisters and, and kinsmen are experiencing because they're slaves, even though he's living in the palace. And so he sees um, an Egyptian beating um, an Israelite and he suddenly feels the urge in him to jump up and and stop it and he basically kills the egyptian now this is fate happening but him taking it in his own hands and doing it too soon so this is another example of the right i am and wrong i am because yes god gave you a purpose but if you act the in the wrong timing it'll all fall apart and then you'll feel some type of way because of what happened and so moses was always meant to his purpose was always tied to free the israelites people in that moment when he saw the beating take place he thought that was the moment he's supposed to act but it wasn't and so when the pharaoh found out what he did the pharaoh um wanted to execute him and so moses was afraid and ran away and so we come up to this place where Moses has been living in the place he ran away to for 40 years. He's been living in Midian. You heard me talk about that before. Midian is like a wilderness. He's been living there for 40 years. And, but the people in Israel still are enslaved. Now see, just really quick before I get into the scripture, Moses was out of alignment First of all, because he acted too soon. And secondly, he just stopped moving towards the goal. And so what had happened in those 40 years was slavery got even more intense for the Israelites. It got even worse for the Israelites. And I know you're like, well, how can slavery get worse? You got to read the Bible. It got even worse for them to the point that they were crying out to God, please save us. Please rescue us. That was Moses' job. Remember, I just said that. Moses was supposed to be in his position to do that. But because he acted too soon and didn't get confirmation on this cousin of the Holy Spirit, he didn't get confirmation and didn't discern if this was the moment to move. He moved and acted too soon. And then because of fear of the, the of the Pharaoh killing him, which wouldn't have happened because, again, it was always his destiny to rescue the Israelites for God's sake. So God would never allow him to be killed in that moment. But because he jumped out of alignment, here you got all these people who are suffering for 40 years more because Moses wasn't where he was supposed to be. We got to get it together. We have to get into position. Even if you start off slow like a snail, you eventually get to a turtle. You'll then get to a tortoise. Then you'll get to a rabbit. And then, like on, 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 you'll get to the point where you're able to sprint like a cheetah and move as fast, you know, as the speed of light, basically. But you start somewhere first and then move your way there. But don't stop moving because if you do, if you stop moving, you'll be like Moses out of alignment. And so this is where we enter into Exodus 3, where God is basically now saying, okay, I've got to come down because Moses has embraced the wrong I am for far too long because of his guilt and shame and what he did and, and his fear of what Pharaoh was going to do to him. So it, it caused him to never go back to where he was always supposed to be. And so God has to come down now in this moment and say, okay, I got to reinstill the right I am into Moses' heart, into Moses' vision, so that he can go back to where he was supposed to be all along. 
and and one thing I like about this really quickly is that um I know <laughs> I guess we all saying girl they never really quickly. Well, enjoy the story. <laughs> but anyway, you know, one thing I like about this is what we see, I told you, 40 years Moses was here before God sends him back where he's supposed to be. That shows that God will give you grace. But like I said, be moving. Because even though Moses was here in Midian in the wilderness for 40 years, he he didn't stay there and die. He didn't not do anything. He was building. He was growing. He uh, started a family. He learned how to shepherd sheep. And by him learning how to, and you see that in the first verse, we'll get to in a minute. By him learning how to tend to sheep, he learned how it, how it would be to tend to people. And so even if you are at a job right now, even if you're in a season right now of a wilderness, even if you're going through something right now that you don't fully understand, know that there's a reason and a purpose for it. And you can ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you to help you understand why you're going through what you're going through. For Moses at the time, it was fear that led him there. But God kept him there for 40 years so that he can develop the necessary skill set he would need to then go back and deliver the people from Egypt. He had to learn how to how to steward sheep first. How to have the patience with sheep. Because if you've ever, go Google it. If you've ever seen or YouTube it. Seen um, a shepherd with um, a herd of, um, not a herd, excuse me, a flock of sheep. You will see that uh, that sheep a lot of times are mindless. They will go in whatever way they want to go. And so you got to constantly, the, the shepherd with along with the sheepdog has to constantly keep the sheep in line to move in whatever way the shepherd's telling them to move. And so um, Moses had to learn how to work with mindless creatures that need to constantly be told where to go, need to constantly um, exude patience with them so that they can get to where they need to be because otherwise they'll just be lost walking in a circle or doing whatever you want to do and so and if you continue on i'm not going to read all of exodus but if you go continue reading exodus you would then experience i would say if you want to start at exodus 14 you would then experience like some of moses's um issues and why it was important for him to learn how to tackle sheep first so that when it came time to deal with the israelites he would know how to deal with them because they pretty much were acting just like sheep act sometimes so let's start with the scripture <laughs> um one day moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law jethro the priest of midian he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to sinai the or sinai the mountain of god there the angel of the lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush moses stared in amazement though the bush was engulfed in flames it didn't burn up this is amazing moses said to himself why isn't that bush burning up? I'm going to go see about that thing. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. What? What? Uh, uh, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I got left my own self because I sound like Luke. I am your father. <laughs> Baby. I tell you, I got to find something to laugh at. Uh, get your joy back in the season, man. <laughs> Let's continue with the scripture. <laughs> when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Y'all bear with me. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, What? God? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Again, when we say about the message, the right I am, the wrong I am. This is the wrong I am. God answered, the right I am, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested again with his wrong I am thinking. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name. My name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them Yahweh. The God of your ancestors. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders will go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, that great I am, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will. They will give you gifts when you go. So you will not leave empty handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. And then let's go over to the next chapter and we'll only read a few verses from here.
Excuse me. But Moses protested again. Here he is with his wrong thinking, thinking that wrong I am that keep popping back up. I don't need like just real quick. Sway, Moses, Moses. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling him Sway. Sway, you in front of God. You're in front of the great I am, and you still see and talking about what you can't do. You still see and talking about the wrong I am. You still see and struggling with your identity when He is pouring into you your identity. But I love that God will still be patient with us to continue to affirm us. We need that affirmation from God, not people. Man will always give you the wrong I am. Because again, man is flawed and man is shifty like the sand and in, in, the, in the winds. One minute, the sand, if you think of sand on a beach, one minute, the sand is hard. And so everybody's applauding you and they're and they're happy and they're cheering you on. But then you'll step into a, a, a two different types of sand. Either one that's shifting like sink sand. Um, I mean that's sinking like sink sand. Uh what was it called? Um not sink sink sand. What is it called? Oh my gosh, now I can't think of a quicksand. <laughs> Baby, there you go, quicksand. <laughs> it's it's shifting like quicksand. Or you just got shifty sands um, that if it's a hot, you know, day and it's kind of hot and so it's burning your feet, but it's blowing with the wind. And God is saying, don't follow men because they'll always give you the wrong I am. Their, their idea on you changes. Their value for you changes. But God's value in you never changes. So we have to adopt the right I am, the right identity, the right mentality that God is saying to adopt, seeing ourselves in the image in Christ Jesus and the way God sees us and then owning that, claiming that, speaking that out of your mouth, the right I am of how God sees you. And before we go, I'm going to definitely give you um, just some affirmations to start saying to yourself, some uh, I am affirmations to start confirming in your heart and spirit of what God says about you and how he sees you. Um, okay, so let's continue with Exodus chapter 4 and uh, starting at the first verse. But Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? I mean, it's it's just a shepherd's staff. It's just an iPhone. It's just a computer. It's just, you know, a, a camera. It's just, how many of y'all have that? It's just. That's, that's what I'm filling in in here. The, the scripture says a shepherd's staff. But you're saying the same thing when God's telling you to do something. It's just this. God, I only got this. God, I'm only me. God, I'm only this age. God, I only have this level of education. God, I only have this work experience. God, I've only done this before. And God is saying, what is in your hand? That's enough to start with. I can do more with, with what's in your hand. When you place it in mind and move away from you to move, then with everything else you think you need, you got to start with what God says is in your hand. And so back to verse three, throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Woo! What's that? Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out onto the ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. Here comes Moses. <laughs> Again with his thinking, thinking with the wrong I am. Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord! I'm not very good with words. I mean, c come on. Like, I got this shortcoming. I got this flow over here, God. I got this this roll. I got gray hair. I got these this, these wrinkles. I got bad knees. I got, um, I got bad breath. I got whatever your thing is. <laughs> Baby, whatever your thing is that you keep coming up with an excuse as to why you can't do what God's saying you do. You got bad credit. Whatever it is, God is saying, I don't care about that. Listen here, Willis. I'm telling you to get in line. Come on, Shelly. Come on, Cletus. Get in line. <laughs> uh, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Uh, oh God, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you were spoke, you have spoken to me. I get tongue tied, and my words get tangled. Basically, what theologians uh surmise is that Moses was a stutterer. But there is a lot of great actors today who um were stutterers. I mean, James Earl Jones, Denzel Washington, they'll tell you they're stutterers or they used to have a stuttering disability, but they learned and trained how to um, work work the muscle so that they didn't have to stutter anymore. But again, that's because God placed that talent and gift in them. This is why he says to, to he said to them, he's saying to Moses, he's saying the same thing to you, but in a different way. The Lord responded, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you in what to say. Baby, mic drop moment right there. God can just do like Obama did. <laughs> and, and kiss his hand and do pieces. Because deuces. Because... It, he just he just said a whole bunch right there. It, you you can't argue. The creator saying to you, I've called you to do this assignment. I am the right I am. And I'm calling you to embrace what I'm telling you is the truth about who you are. And who I've called you to be. Who I've designed you to be. Before you ever formed in your mother's womb. Before you ever birthed into the earth. I knew you. And I set you apart for such a time as this. To do something in the earth. And you got the audacity to tell me why you can't do it. When I've created you to do it. Come on, Shelly, come on. We got to get in line. Got to get into position. It's time to stop with the excuses as to why you think you can't and start embracing that God says you can. Even if that means starting off small, start somewhere and then watch how God multiplies that thing. Watch how God causes you to speed up in the race. So you may start off just with a little walk. 
just with a power walk or a jog. But you'll find yourself suddenly being able to run the race at such a pace that you'll be like, it'll blow your mind. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I could do this. Because the right I am says you can. The wrong I am, the enemy will always keep lying to you and saying what you can't do and why you can't do it and how you dropped the ball and how your time has passed and, and how you too old for this or how you too young for this or how you don't have the skill set for this or how you need more studying and this and the other. And I'm going to tell you something that God told me personally. He said the same thing he said to Moses, which it shocked me to see that the scripture was in the Bible when he said it to me. What is in your hand? What you have in your hand is enough. Because I remember when God first started to talk to me about creating a Christian community. And this was back in February 2018. But even before that, a year prior, April 25th, 2017, God told me to teach the Gospels. And I remember saying to him, just like Moses, and I thank him for his grace. Because I remember saying to him, like, well, I can't do it like everybody else and and." And I don't have the degree for it. My degree is in psychology, basically, is what I'm saying to God. Like, I don't have the degree in, um, in seminary. I didn't go to seminary school. I don't have a theologian degree to, to teach the gospels. God, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'm qualified. I was giving God all these excuses. And he basically was saying to me of, I've called you to it. And then along the way, once I was obedient to move in the form that God was telling me to move, you know what I realized? I realized, and you guys may have probably already caught on to this as I'm saying it, for those that have been my day ones, my day twos, because I've said it before. I went to Catholic school my entire life. My studies have all been in Catholic schools. My my alma mater uh, is a Catholic university. I have been in Baptist churches all of my life. Basically, what God helped me see was, you've been in seminary school your entire life. So don't tell me that you need this piece of paper to say that you can do it. I'm calling you to do it. I've created your mouth. I've created your mind. I've created your brain. I've created everything in you for you to move in the way I'm telling you to move. And at that time, I also felt like, well, I don't have this or that. Maybe I need um, a building and I need the, the church office or I need this. And, it. and God said, what is in your hand? All I had in my hand was my phone. And he said, use that. That's what's in your hand. Use what you can use for now. Don't worry about what else you think you need later. You don't need that right now to start. What you got is what you need to start. That means the level of education that you have. That means the um, age level that you're at. That means where you live in the world. Um, that means the community that you're in. What That means even the money in the bank that you have. What you have is enough to start. Otherwise, God would never have told you to start. If he felt like you needed something more, he would have told you, okay, go here, go back to school, go over there, go, um, go get that job. Or, or some of you may have applied to jobs and didn't come through because God says you don't need that job for what I'm calling you to do. I remember, um, I, the last job I worked was a corporate office and, um, I, I finished that job, uh, literally right before New Year's Eve, 2017. And so the end of 2016 and right before that job um, ended, I remember God's Holy Spirit continuing to speak to me to tell the story, write the story. I just kept hearing that over and over, over again for months. And so I kept praying, okay, God, I need you to make it so clear that this is what you have for me to do. Because I don't want to move if you're not going to go with me. So I want you to, I want to be obedient, but please Make it so clear, so plain to me that this is what you want me to do. This is what you're calling me to do and that you will guide me through it. And 
it's the weirdest thing ever. But I remember I lost that job. They, um, I was working and they had promoted me and then undercut me while they promoted me to secretly hire somebody else who wasn't my skin collection. And it's hard to say that it wasn't racism when you didn't even give me a day to really like show you what I can do. And so, um, but nonetheless, I was willing to just still be a team player. Now, the entire time God kept telling me, this is not for you. I've already called you to something. I'm already moving you out of this place. So pack up and let's go. But I was not being obedient. So God had to get to the point where um, I had an interaction with the the person who was replacing me and it um and and it was something light honestly like a disagreement wasn't anything violent anything like that it was just a disagreement in work ethic and um and integrity and when I went to my superiors to ask for help intervening because I couldn't get the person to see eye to eye with me and so you know, like most people do, you go to the HR department or something for somebody to intervene to kind of like settle the, the conflict dispute. And like I said, it, really, it was something so small that most people, and I know because I've heard of people that work for companies, most people, they would have never lost their job over that. And so I knew that it was God moving because my prayer was, God, you got to make it so plain that I cannot deny this is what you're calling me to do. That you're telling me to write my story, to, to write a book. And so sure enough, God made it so plain that instead of the HR director intervening um, in that situation um, for us to be able to continue working together, she just let me go. And do you know what my response was? I smiled the biggest smile I ever smiled. And I said, thank you, Lord. Now, to that, <laughs> to that HR depart, the director, she probably was looking at me like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? But, baby, I knew what I've been praying. And so while she may have thought that um, she was, you know, hindering me or harming me, and there's a scripture in Genesis 50 where um, Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. See, this lady, this HR director and the person who was replacing me, they meant it for harm to get me kicked out the company. But God meant it for good because he had already been speaking to me to lead in the first place, to follow the right I am. I was the one, just like Jonah, you know, kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Like, I don't, I don't really know. So I'm going to just stay this course because I can't really trust that, you know, I don't know what you're going to do over there, God. And and then, but I'm grateful that I still kept praying. Okay, God, not my will, but you will be done. And so if this is really what you told me to do, you got to make it so plain, so clear that I cannot deny that this is what you want me to do. And sure enough, he did it. He closed that door and I smiled in the director's face and thanked God Almighty for answering the prayer. And I never looked back. And ever since I have been continuing to pursue full-time ministry that God called me to do. Um, and, and that came a few uh, months later, like I say, April 25th, 2017, when God, you know, called me up to heaven. And and, and, and I, I can't really explain to you how that works, whether it was just in my mind, if you call my mind, my, my body up to heaven. I don't know. I just know that in a vision, I was in heaven and uh, in a temple in heaven. And, and Jesus spoke to me and said, I want you to teach the gospels and do so through your story. And like I said, just like Moses, I was coming up with 50,000 excuses as to why I can't. The wrong I am. You know, I'm not this. I'm not that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And God basically was saying the same thing to 
me, as he said to Moses, and he's saying to you, who told you you can't do it? The wrong I am. The enemy is telling you you can't do it. I never told you you can't do it. I get that you, even if you're trying to compare yourself, and we talked about that before, you can't compare yourself. Just because somebody else did it their way, just because somebody else said, well, you need this, these degrees and you need these notches on your belt and you need these people to certify you to do it. God says, if I'm calling you to do it, then do it. He is the ultimate creator. So it don't matter what man don't back you. He's going to back you. And as we find out in Luke chapter 2, um, verse 52, it says that when the Lord, when Jesus followed um followed God's uh, instructions basically to go back with his mom it says that he grew in wisdom stature and favor with God and man that means that he didn't just grow in wisdom stature and favor with God but God allowed and caused Jesus to be favored with people so right now when God's telling you to start they may not be on board with you and that's totally fine. They may not be on board with you moving away. They may not be on board with you um, leaving that job. They may not be on board with you starting a nonprofit or or volunteering at that office. They may not be on board with you um, changing churches or whatever, church organizations or whatever it is. They may not be on board with you doing what you need to do right now. But if you know that God is calling you to do it and he's giving you confirmation after confirmation, just like he did Moses, just like he did me, to say, I have equipped you and called you to do it, move in the way I'm telling you to move, then you have got to, you know, embrace that uncomfortableness because it is uncomfortable, but you got to embrace it and trust that if God is telling you to take a leap of faith, he is going to get you through it. You will not be there by yourself. You will not just be out in the open, just all willy nilly by yourself. God is going to cover you through it. He's going to protect you through it. And so that kind of leads me up to Gideon really quickly. Um, <laughs> and Gideon starts in Judges chapter six. And I've talked about this scripture before. Because it's so important, again, to see yourself in the way that God sees you. And here's another example of um, God calling somebody to do something magnificent and something groundbreaking and monumental in their life and in the lives of other people. And they don't even see themselves in the image that God's calling them. They, there's, they're afraid. And they're just like, well, I, how, how are you calling me this? Or calling me to do this, God, when these are my circumstances. But God says, I'm not talking to your circumstances. I'm talking to who you're going to become. The best version of you that's on the other side of your obedience. That's on the other side of you moving in the direction that God's telling you to move. It may not make sense right now, but baby, if it don't make sense, it better make faith. Hello, somebody. Okay. And so let's start at um the eighth verse. The Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. This is, again, tying into the story of Moses um, when Moses leads them out of Egypt. And so this is years later, generations later. And this is what um, the Lord is saying to a prophet for the prophet to say to the Israelites. Uh, I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. 
Then the angel, you know, let me pause right there. This is so powerful because we see even in our own country, it's a lot of chaos going on. And I, and people are wondering why is there so much chaos and why is it just seems like the world's going to hand in the hell bad. You got to understand that part of the reason is because a lot of people were once followers of the one true God and then chose to follow other false religions and false idol worship. Even getting into witchcraft, uh, Satanism, um, worshiping gods that your parents never worshiped, you know, putting on, changing your clothes and everything to start worshiping these false gods that, that man created and said we should be worshiping and these idols and, and deities that we should worship. And God is saying, I never told you to worship them. I told you to worship only me. And since you haven't worshiped me, then you're reaping the the, the repercussions, repercussions of what you chose. I'm going to take my hand off of you. I'm going to take my hand of protection off of you. I'm going to take my hand of prosperity off of you. I'm going to take my hand of anointing off of you since you feel like your false gods are the ones that got you there. But God, as we see at the end of the scripture, will always leave a remnant. What, what does that mean? That means that God will always still send somebody like the prophet. God will always still leave a few people in the land that know who he is. And that will then help reintroduce the rest of the world, the rest of the people to the truth of who he is. This is why it's important for you to adopt and embrace the right I am and get into position. Because somebody needs to know who God really is. Because they've gotten off course. They've they've forgotten. They um, have become lost sheep. And so they need you to be the earthly vessel as a shepherd. Helping guide them back to the flock of God. Of Jesus Christ. So that the Holy Spirit can enter into their heart. And then they will become shepherds for other people. And onward and onward and onward. It's, it's a never ending cycle. But you got to get into position. You got to know who you are for yourself. And who God says you are. Not what society and culture has defined you as. Because society and culture put whatever label they want to put on you. But God says no. There's a truth. That's in my word. That's only in the mouth of God. And you got to find out what that is for yourself. And so continuing to um, verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah. Which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, um, yeah, bruh, listen, if the Lord is with me and with us, uh, why all this happen? I mean, what say you, <laughs> you know? Why, 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 why? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Now, I heard that this happened and that miracle happened and that miracle happened. I mean, where, where that at for us? Huh? Where they do that at now? Huh? Huh? Angel of the Lord? Huh? What's up? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. So, whatever. I ain't even trying to hear it. Basically, I put some little uh, <laughs> some little hood on there for y'all, but you get the drift. Then the Lord turned to him, some Ebonics, 
Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Y'all hear that? I'm going to repeat that again for those ain't here in the back. Unclock your ears. Listen. Knock, knock, knock. Listen. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. He didn't tell Gideon to go to military school and learn how to be a great hero, learn how to be a soldier. And then once he finished learning that and he graduates, then he and works his way up in the ranks, then he can come and be a, 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 a mighty hero for Jesus, for God. He said, go in the strength that you have. I know you don't look at yourself in the way I see you. I know that you're struggling with your identity. I know that you feel worthless or invaluable or um, or invalid. I know that you feel like nobody cares about you. But God still cares. And he's saying, go with what you have. Wherever I'm telling you to go, wherever I'm telling you, wherever I'm sending you, Go in the strength that you have. It may be little strength right now, but in the hands of God, it becomes mighty strength. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, um, verse 8, my grace is sufficient for the power, for my power works best in weakness. So we have to get to the point where we are willing to give God our weakness so he can give us his strength. Verse 15, but, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue israel again the wrong i am how can i rescue israel my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of manessa and i am the least in my entire family basically what he's saying is i'm the black sheep of the family nobody expects me to do anything god so how are you calling me to do something i'm not that talented i'm not that gifted i'm not that uh spiritual i'm not um that literate i'm not that financially fluid i'm not um rich i'm i'm not living in that neighborhood i'm not world well traveled i'm not this age anymore whatever it is and god is saying i've already told you to go in the strength that you have i didn't ask you what you don't have i asked you to go in what you have and so the lord says to him in verse 16 i will be with you and you will destroy the midianites as if you were fighting against one man now, here's the part of wisdom that I was telling you about earlier from James. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. The Lord answered, I will stay here until you return. And so I'm going to stop here because I know um, the scripture continues. You can continue reading it on your own time. But I love this part because just like me, just like Gideon, you don't want to move without confirmation and this is a key point even though um we don't see the lord saying it's okay to ask for confirmation we see by the lord's response to gideon asking for confirmation that's what he's saying about show me a sign to prove it it's saying confirm this thing that you're calling me to do I'm not going to deny that you're saying that there's something good inside of me. That there's something great. That there's a purpose for my life that you want to do in the earth. I, I'm a, I'm trying to embrace the right I am. But can you confirm this so that I'm moving in the right way? I'm moving in the right direction. That I'm really hearing from God. And this is just not my own thinking. Or this is not the wrong I am. God does not mind you asking for wisdom. He 
wants us to ask for wisdom because it says in, um, I think it's Proverbs that, um, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsels. And so sometimes that wisdom can be directly. If you have the ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you, that means if your faith is developed enough to hear the spirit of the Lord, then when you ask God for a response, he'll give you a response directly speaking to you. But then other times God may send people your way. Even as I'm speaking to you, this message, it may be stirring something in you that's saying, yup, mm -hmm, this is me. I know exactly what you're saying that God want me to do. This is me as a vessel that God is sending to give you your answer of confirmation. And for other people, it may not be, it may not be me. It may not be this message. It may be another message down the line, or it may be uh, somebody else that comes out of nowhere. I mean, sometimes God has spoken to me, even through TV shows. And I normally don't watch anything that I can't learn from, but even with me watching the stuff that I, I watch when I do watch TV, um, which is normally old school stuff. Like, I'll be honest, again, because like I said, from growing up and the, the people that I grew up with, um, I love Frasier. <laughs> I love Living Single. I love uh, the Golden Girls. I love the Cosby Show. I love A Different World. So I, I like a lot of old school stuff. I like Maud. <laughs> People are like, what is Maud? Go Google it, baby. Go Google it. <laughs> but I, I like a lot of old school stuff. And so um, when I'm watching these old shows, it'll be something in there that I wasn't even expecting to see. And it'll be an answer to a prayer. Like somebody will say something wise in that moment, in that scene that they're acting out. And they'll be like, oh my God, you're speaking to me, Jesus. That's so crazy. That's the answer. That's the answer I've been waiting for. That's the answer I've been looking for. Oh my goodness. That makes so much sense. And so you never know how God can speak to you, but you want to make sure you're embracing the right I am versus the wrong I am. And so just really quickly, uh, so the right I am, let me give you these steps really quickly. Um... Where's my chart? There he is. So I'm going to give you eight I am affirmations from the Bible. And I'll give you the scriptures that tie into it. And so you want to write these down if you can. Um, for those of my seasoned saints that don't really know how to do this. When I say it and give you the scripture, you might want to push pause on the podcast to write it down. And then push play again. And then you'll hear the next one I say. And then push pause and so from so on. So I know I normally talk fast. Uh, and I normally say y'all got to keep up. But I'm going to slow it down for you so that you can get as much of these I am affirmations that come directly from the Bible, which is God's truth. And if you've been following this entire series, then you know I've told you that the Bible is part of the armor, uh, the external armor that God gives us in Ephesians 6, our anchor passage. So you've got to go read Ephesians 6. Um, verses 13 through 18, that's the external armor of God. And then it, Galatians 5, uh, 19 through 26 breaks down not only the internal armor of God, which the Bible won't say internal armor, it'll say fruit of the spirit. And then it also talk about things as flesh, things as sin. Um, but I like to call it the internal armor of God, which is the fruits of the spirit. And then you have Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, the external armor of God. Go read those on your own so that you understand why it's important to have your battle gear on so that you can defeat the enemy. So let me give you the IMs. These are tactical advantages so that you can help defeat the enemy's lies that may come against you, the wrong IM that may come against you and say, 
which you're not. You want to combat it with these eight. And, th- and there are tons of I am's in the Bible. I'm just giving you eight simple ones. And so the first one is, I am chosen by God and dearly loved. I am chosen by God and dearly loved. That's from Colossians 3.12. I have worthy and dignity. Excuse me, I have worth and dignity because I am created in the image of God. I have worth and dignity because I am created in the image of God. That comes from the scripture Genesis one twenty seven. I am strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I am strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That comes from Ephesians 6.10. I am healed. I am healed. That comes from Isaiah 53 verse 5. I am, now this was a bit lengthy, so uh, I'll I'll repeat it again um, as I say it. I am loved by God and he has a plan for my life because I am significant and have purpose. I am loved by God and he has a plan for my life because I am significant and have purpose. That's Jeremiah 29 11. I am not alone because God is always with me. I am not alone because God is always with me. That's Joshua 1.9. I am able to do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I am able to do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's Philippians 4.13. I am loved by God just as I am. I am loved by God just as I am. 1 John 4, 16. And then I'm going to use the one that we use for today, which is um, which is uh, I am sent by God to do great things. I am sent by God to do great things. And you could put in today's scriptures, which is um, Judges 6, verse 14. Judges 6, verse 14. Just just stick with that. I'm not even going to go to um, the other one. Just stick with that. Judges 6, verse 14. And so you want to say these affirmations to yourself. Um... Every day. And as you start there. Continue to look up. More I am's in the scripture. So that you can start applying these to your life. If you can. If you are writing this down on. A piece of paper. Tear the paper out. And put it on your mirror of your bathroom. Or if you have a mirror in your bedroom. Put it on the bedroom mirror. Somewhere where you will see these every day. If you um, don't. And you're writing this in your phone or your tablet or something, try and print it out so that you see it every single time you um, 
you go to and from. Or also make it a screensaver somehow, like your note, a screensaver, so that you see it all the time and you can be speaking these things over your life. You have to start embracing the right I am. No more embrace, embracing the wrong I am. We, we, we done with that stinking thinking. Enough with that. And this day and time, we're going to start moving in and embracing the right I am. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think, but it's according to the power that works in you. So you got to get in position, get, get into purpose, start seeing yourself in the image that Christ Jesus has for you so that you can see that window from heaven pouring out blessings onto your life. Don't let the enemy keep lying to you. It says in John 10, 10, that these purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So anything that's coming against what I just said of God's word of the right I am. And if you go, um, you know, look in your Bible or even Google um, I am scriptures, you'll find that there are a ton more out there that God has for you. Start speaking over your life, speaking life. Not death, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those that want to speak of it will eat from it. So if you keep speaking life, you'll eat and consume life. You'll see life happening all around you. You'll see joy and peace and happiness and prosperity and 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 um, love and rest happening in your life and balance in your life. But if you keep speaking death, then you're going to eat what you speak. That's all you're going to get. So start embracing the right I am and not the wrong I am. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you his shalom. Give you his peace. Take care. Bye now. Oh, and if those of you that want to uh, invest or donate into the Agents of Revival movement and the ministry that God has placed on my heart, you can check the links in the description or go to Cash App or Venmo App and find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. Um, so whatever seed God puts in your heart to sow, know that whatever you, uh, donate and, um, and invest into this ministry is going to create more content and programs and products that I'm going to be getting out to you as well as the world. So if you feel in your heart to invest from God, go visit the links at the bottom, um, cash up or Venmo app and find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. And don't forget to go on the YouTube, y'all, so y'all see those videos. You know, like, subscribe, um, leave a comment, and do that as well with the podcast, wherever you're listening from. Rate me on the um, platform that you're listening to and leave a review. Let me know, like, you know, what you're thinking. How has this podcast been helping you? Uh, do you find it entertaining and, and inspirational and encouraging or not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but just just let me know. Um, give me your feedback. All right. Take care. God bless.